0: Assalamualaikum. alaikum, it's your Nomad Consulting here, now before we jump into the next episode of Nomadic Delights Podcast, I just wanted to ask my followers here to spend one minute just to give me a quick review on Spotify, or whatever platform you use to listen to this podcast. It would really help in regards to my stats and also to let me know what kind of feedback I'm getting from my followers. I enjoy the show. Take care. Peace and love. Okay, guys, today's on Nomadic Delight, my guest is Mona, the founder of Ikra Center, a community center that provides a creative space for personal development. It is based in Hargisa, Somaliland Mona, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Mohammed. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. No, my pleasure. Well, first of all, I would like to start with a simple question by asking you to give my followers a basic introduction on who is Mona.
1: Okay. Um, So, um, my name is Mona Liban, and um, I guess uh, technically I'm a writer and I'm an educator. Um, Before that, um, I was in corporate Australia, uh, and I did that for a good Um, 10 to 12 years, I would say, um, professionally before moving on to a writing career, Mm -hmm. um, which is really how for the past five years, that's how I've been making uh, money. And um, since then, I've also started teaching, which is uh, just an amazing, incredible profession to be in. Um so that's a bit about about my professional background. Um I lived in Australia most of my life. Before that, uh, my family was in Egypt and before that we were in the Middle East. So nice. um so and now cool. I live in Hergeisa full time.
0: So I Arabic,
1: you speak a bit of No, no, I I used to be once upon a time, I used to be fluent. But
0: those days are gone egypt that's an interesting i lived there many years ago so i always have some fond memories of it All right, yeah, me
1: too.
0: <laughs> okay so no thanks for that intro especially to hear how your transition from australia to somalia and the whole transition as well as the corporate world to being a writer and a teacher okay so it it, it kind of follows now to another question i have what i'd like to understand is the name Ikra Center, and what led you to create Ikra, and why did you choose Hergeisa as a location? It's it's kind of, like, I know I'm kind of bunching two questions in one go, but, you know, Ikra Center, and why Somaliland? Okay,
1: cool. So, um, this actually leads to the question of um, how I ended up to be in Somaliland and um, living here. Mm-hmm. For the past four years so I in 2019 I came to Hedgesa for the first time uh to work on a book project it was supposed to be a three month long uh research thing and then I would travel around the continent because I'd taken some sabbatical time yes. and then shortly after I'd been here um COVID happened uh, yes Good yeah cool. so uh, no. Sorry, <laughs> Um, so I, I, I had a writing residency in South Africa for a few months mm-hmm. and then had come back uh, to Somaliland to continue my research. Um, so at that, at that stage, I'd only been in Somaliland if you add it all up, six, six weeks or something. Mm. So I hadn't really finished my three months. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so when COVID happened, I wasn't ready to go back to Melbourne. Right. Did not for a second think it would be a two-year-long thing. Like, at all. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, no, that's fine. I'll hang out here for a bit and um, just, you know, continued researching and writing. And um, then at the same time, a lot of my family members, um, all stages of education, you know, university, high school, primary school, came online. Mm -hmm. We were living in a big house with a lot of family. So um, I just was kind of tapping into their uh, lectures or their classes online. So I was in the classroom with them. Yes. And I think what I noticed um, most of all is that the curriculum was very rigid, you know, in terms of the subjects that people could study. And a lot of the creative subjects had been taken out mm. of, of the curriculum. And that to me is a little bit, you know, uh, it's I, I felt um i felt a pang of um un- unfairness because there are a lot of people that you know they're not necessarily um going to enjoy the science-based or maths classes and that's what most uh offerings were so um i just uh, we started my sister and i started running an after-school program right. um and that was just on the creative like reading and writing and um, doing some art-based um, programs. And we did that from home for eight months. And eventually I think because we, because of the way, you know, we were teaching um, English and the way we were teaching literature and the way we were really um, about the books, yeah and um, reading for enjoyment and having little book clubs for kids and so on, um, parents started to ask me if I could help them. Right. So then we started sort of catering to both adults and um, youth and children and so on. Um, so when we were thinking about opening Ebra, only part of it was because, you know, Ayans, my sister's place, couldn't hold any more people Um, So um, we started looking for space and I think everybody was like, oh, you should do something for, you know, uh, university graduates because they have these gaps or you should do something for um, kids because there are all these gaps Mm -hmm. or adults. So um, and, you know, I'm going to be honest, we wanted to help everybody. So, um, and we also knew we weren't ready to, you know, start a full-blown school or something along those lines. Um, So, we decided on a community center, a community space where people can come um, and take the courses they want to take. So, um, our job is really to provide um, for underserviced areas of education that you can't find in school or university or De-
0: beyond. Definitely, I mean, I can I can tell you from personal experience, you're right, Sumatland is missing a lot of services, it's missing a lot of things, and especially the art and creative side is put to the bottom of the barrel. It's like, hey, it's not really needed. You need to be an engineer, a mathematician, you know, it's like kind of an accountant, lawyer, everything else is more like, uh, yeah, okay, good to have, but it's not, you know, um, needed, but then, in in respect to that, I'll come back to the whole element of the audience, but then why why you chose the name Ikra? I I know Arabic wise, but and even the way you spelled it is it's nice because it's easy, everyone can say it, no matter which language you, you speak, it's easy to say it, you know? So yes. what inspired that name?
1: Um, so the the name actually uh, comes from the idea that everything starts with reading and just being able to share and distribute knowledge to one another. Um, You know, I mean, Somali as a culture, we're always, or as a people, we're always told we come from an oral culture. But, I mean, Somalis have been writing for a long time. It's just not widely used. Um, And I like the idea of books and something written lasting. Um, So, to me, I think uh, it's an important aspect of the culture to embrace, And I think it's great to be proud that we are uh, people who embrace oral culture and we're great orators and um, uh, poets and so on. Um, But putting it down on on paper and passing it on to the next generation um, for me has a lot of value. Um, And I feel that by not having it, we have lost a little bit. Um, So for me, I felt like Starting with, you know, and in the Quran, as you know, the first word revealed is read. Yes, such a good. Um, So for me, that's that's what that's where it all starts. It starts with reading, Um, and uh, as I said, uh, I told you before, um, reading has always been a big part of my life. You know, at different stages of my life, it's brought um, different aspects. Um, and it's, uh, for some reason, it was always delivering what I needed at that point in time. Um, so, yeah, that that's how the name came up. But in terms of the spelling, yeah. we realized that there was another um, institute by the same name with an IQRA, ah. which is how we'd in, initially intended to spell it. Um, and then, so we tried our best mm-hmm. to come up with another name. But all roads led back to Ikhra. So we decided that the E would be the best way to go while still keeping our intention.
0: Yeah. Well, it's kind of worked out well because for even non-native Arabic speakers, when they read it, it automatically, they're saying it the correct way. So it's actually pretty cool in that sense. And then what I was going to say, one thing when you mentioned about what led you and your sister to create this community center, you could have easily gone down the path of profit making school you know like that's what everyone does in Somaliland but I love the fact that you've done a center that caters for all types of audience whether it be young or old and especially because I personally visited your center I know that you were unfortunately not there but it was such a cool like place to vibe at you know like and, and, and that's the thing that that's actually needed in Somaliland we, we have our culture we have our way but sometimes you just want to have a place just to enjoy the arts so I I, I, for me, enjoy the vibe you guys created there, you know? Thank you. So, I, and look, yeah.
1: to be honest with you, like there are other groups who've been doing it. Like I love what Hergesa Cultural Center, for example, and that's how I got immersed into the culture um, and the literature of Somaliland when I first came in 2019, mm. right? Um, and that also read, led to my writing residency in South Africa. Right. Um, in the same year so it's the 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 groundwork in in a sense has been done by other groups for us which is fantastic but at the same time i think what was even more valuable for us to offer was space that people could just use um as they wanted yes you know yes
0: no no i you know what you you've hit the nail on the head i had forgotten about the Culture Center and, and Dr. Jama is a gentleman and uh, that I would like one day to interview but the thing about it, I found for me even though I do speak a bit of Somali but not fluent so it was too sol- Somalified if I could say that you know like uh-huh. you, you need to be one of those poets and those kind of like you know start quoting Hadrawi and all that kind of stuff whereas uh-huh. I found that this Ikra center was more of a hey you know what I can bust a bit of Somali, but at the same time, I also <laughs> can drop some English when I have a question. So I think for you, I, I, I find that as a good platform in, 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 in for especially for people who um, are, are, are new to the language or are struggling to speak the language publicly. And sure. and um, one thing that I did see this as a perfect example. So. Uh, one coffee shop that i normally frequent a lot and you know you know me I like coffee i met um this brother he's actually from s- an, um australia and he had kids i mean when i say kids these were like grown kids yeah in the in the early 20s and then so we like every time he would have breakfast at his coffee shop we have a catch-up talk about life and then this this gentleman told me Oh, thankfully my kids, because they were stuck to me all the time, found this cool place. I said, what's this place? It's called Ikra Center. They go there learn their Somali, and they chill with other like-minded diaspora, and I can have my own break. So this is what I'm saying about you providing a, a, a nice platform that not only to learn Somali, but also to do other things. But anyway, back to Hergesa Somalian. What I need to understand, even though it's a cool thing what you're doing, yeah. let's be honest, okay? I love Somalia, and I'm, you know... You know, I, I'm always the number one ambassador for Somalia. However, when it comes to re- you know, I'm like registering a business, you know, running a business, there's a lot of challenges. We still have not gone to the stage of Rwanda, like a one-stop shop on certain things. So one example I can give you, when I had to register my consulting company, I had to f- face a lot of complexity. I had to feel a lot of challenges. I had to find small Dillaline or like a middleman just to try and, sort my lifestyle can you share because you are now coming from a different you're not your average you know and and shop or something what challenges did you have when you're trying to set up this community center
1: mm. um i think this is a question like that comes up a lot for um diaspora entrepreneurs um, and people who are setting up businesses or have had businesses in Somaliland. The thing for me is, like, we had a fair share of challenges for sure, um, but I also had a fair share of benefits mm. just by making it in Somaliland. Nice. You know? Nice. So um, if we, um, like, starting with um, the benefits... I think for me, one of the key things um, that happened in Somaliland is this is a place where I already had social capital because my mother's from here, my father's from here. Um, I have a wide extended family. Um, and also, um, it's almost reaping the rewards of connections my, my parents had, but not connections because, you know, they were ministers yeah. or... Um, you know, um, had uh, power as such, but just because they treated people well in the past and um, had helped a lot of people here. So then when people heard, oh, I'm gonna oh, okay, like, I'm gonna help you out. Where do you need to go? What do you need to set up? So I think for me coming from Australia, where my social capital was everything that I built, really um, and through my networks and my degrees of separation um, it was a nice change um, to have that and I had friends growing up who naturally had that in Australia so that's definitely one benefit I can speak to which made the process easier for me Um, and I'm not uh, saying everybody will have it but it is one of the benefits that I came across Um, and it was a wonderful way for me to reconnect um, with family, but also to connect more with my mom, for example, by uh, being around her old friends and her old family members and so on, you know. Um, So, um, and, you know, there are other benefits in the sense that um, sometimes in Somaliland it is easier to do things because you're just talking to people oftentimes just human to human yes. rather than a policy-based and yes, right. <laughs> oh so well, it's Our policy not yeah. to da da, da da. and I think it's wonderful to have rules and regulations and policies and so on yeah. But sometimes it's also nice just to be able to say somebody in an office. Hey, dude like I've got this problem yeah. and You know, it's beyond my control. Can you help me? So, um, and people do so I, um, there is a big focus on in Somaliland, I think, about you know this idea of who you know, yes. which is true. It's there, um, but sometimes people just you know they they vibe right. and they help you out. Um, so there wasn't as much red tape, I felt, to oh. be honest.
0: Yeah. So, see that's you know one thing I like when the way you've actually shown. We can always go to the negative side, and you went straight to the positive side, and you're very right. One of the things that I did appreciate being a Somali, and you're right, hundred percent. And I like the way you said it, social capital. We don't really like appreciate how much kind of found, you know, foundation and the legwork our our parents and their parents did, and we and we get to reap the benefits. So honestly, hundred percent, I agree with you. But you know how it is. I'm going to flip the script with you for a little bit, okay? okay. Let me. S- even though you come with a positive example, let me now flip it by coming to the sensitive subject of sex, okay? Mm-hmm. Specifically, the gender element side of it, mm-hmm. right? So, as we know, James Brown famously said, it's a man's world, okay? So, now you and I know that for somaliland certain things are easier for men to do than for women. Mm-hmm. So, did you face such obstacle when setting up a Center? Because why I'm asking that question is that if today I was to go and be a copycat and open up a similar community center, in Somaliland, mm-hmm. uh, will it be easier for me or would you think it'd be the same? So, did you find any challenges as a female entrepreneur setting up a cross center?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I, I've i always avoided in my life playing a card. Like, I really have, because um, I feel like that is in itself a barrier to, like, it it's, creates a mental barrier for you to get what you want. So, um uh when I was in Australia I never really like tried to think about myself as a migrant or as this or as that um uh my focus was just to get what I wanted um and everybody else for everybody else to come along um when I came to Somaliland I am not going to lie like that James uh, Brown quote couldn't be any more true it is a dude's world and it's widely accepted like there is no really um th- there's no question marks around her so it was a struggle and it was confusing for me as well um and you know sometimes and if we can talk about the challenges sometimes like the challenges side of things sometimes i had to just bring a male mm. to a meeting wow wow yeah I caught on, I caught on, right? And I was like, this, me, just like trying to do, um, you know, just trying to do things on my merit wasn't working. And I think with every system, there is a level of adaptability because if you just try and, if you just sit there and say, this is not fair or this is wrong, that's not really going to change much, right? So um, if you want to add to the system or... Um, alter it in some way you need to at least play like work with this so one of the things um, Ayan and I learned early on was just bring bring a dude he doesn't even, doesn't, he doesn't even have to like know anything about what we're talking about he doesn't need to be present if he has a beard even better if he has gray hair even better so basically next time. We'll take you, Mohammed. <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was just sitting there stroking
0: my beard and like nodding my head at the right
1: time, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, if I'm being honest, like just work with what you've got. Yeah. And that worked because I felt like, you know, people would really um not even take our requests or our conversation or our pitch or um, any of those things seriously. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you're sitting in a meeting and people are talking to you. Um, yeah, almost like a child, right? Amazing. Amazing. So that was hard. That was really, really hard. And I'm sorry, um, you know, but I have to be honest. So, you know, eventually you don't have to bring the guy anymore.
0: Yes. It's like you said, you're American. Be honest, yeah.
1: you know. Yes. Yeah. So eventually you can just go, and people now have a value for what you do because they've seen it. Um, yeah, but initially just.
0: It's. Um, it, do you know what's so funny, Mona? It's like, and I and I and I think of it like you know when when you are bidding for contracts in 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 the Western world, <laughs> and usually you need to have the white guy stand next to you. He doesn't know nothing, and. So, so so hearing you say that makes me realize oh my gosh you know you have to adapt but eventually you're going to um how would you say still be rewarded based on your own merit so that's that's good to know you were able to adapt to that yes yeah, absolutely it's just a hurdle yeah jump over it move on 100 percent. okay now speaking about um the services because one thing i do like when i was going through your instagram when i visited your community center it's like, not only do you do like, okay, Somalia classes, you you do, I've seen you host a World Cup event, and and I know there's a large Dutch community in Somalia, so I, that was the the event I saw. But what I want to understand is that, what services do you provide in ICRA? If I was to give you like a, give me a quick snapshot on what are the, the top services you guys provide.
1: Sure. Um. So, ICRA has uh, two sides to its brand. Um, The first one is a community-based brand, I would say. And uh, so with that, with ICRA community is really where we are able to provide the physical space where people can get creative. um, They can uh, come to things and... Um, be social through activity Mm -hmm. Uh, for me coming from Melbourne which is um, Melbourne is like the Australian capital of sports of fashion of art of education so it's the capital sorry tertiary education I should say Um, so it's the capital of um, creative expression Mm -hmm. um, and but also um, entertainment right? So living in Melbourne, like every month, you know, my friends and I, we were going to somewhere new, trying some, like an activity that we'd never tried before. There was always something opening. So I, I never, I was never um, in luck when it came to trying something new or doing something different in terms of entertainment. And for for me to come to Somaliland, and if I wanna socialize, I just go out for a coffee or a meal yeah. and that's about it. Yes. That was hard to swallow. <laughs> that was hard. So, you know, like um, my friends and I, we would just go randomly to drumming classes or <laughs> <laughs> like, and we would like in one day, learn the basics of drumming, yeah. right? um or we would go to um like you know i don't know if you guys have the break room in dubai where literally you go into a room and you just smash things oh
0: no but i'm sure it it has i mean i know there's an escape room and they, were, and yeah. they telling me to go, let's go visit it. And I'm like, why would I need to lock myself in a room? Because, <laughs> but it, it is a fun exercise to do, but yes, yes. But
1: it's just, it's a little bit out there, you know, when you leave the movies and the bowling and the things, yeah. ice skating, or whatever that you're used to, you can go as far as those types of activities or, you know, spend an afternoon painting and you're not an expert and you're not, you're not trying to be, it's just you wanting to, you know, work another side of your brain. So So the community stuff um, is really about creating space for that, for entertainment and for creativity. So we have all kinds of programs. Some of them are run by us, like by the ICRA team directly, and others are run by, um, you know, external uh, talent. So um, one of the things that we've, Uh, done in the past and we're about to do another one this Thursday is open mic night for women where um, it's an opportunity for um, you know girls just to come and hang out um, and at the same time express themselves through poetry through writing um, reflections Um, and because it's open mic amateurs are welcome so for people it's another way to stand in front of a group of people yeah. um, and try, you know, being out there, yes. but it's a safe environment and in a safe space. So that's run by Ismahan, um, who is a performer and a poet, um, and she's chosen our space to do that, and it's fantastic. Um, we also, like, will have like people learning to dance, not just watching it. Yes,
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah. it looks pretty, um, but I, I, <laughs> to do it, it must be difficult. Yes.
1: Yeah. Or um, we might have like uh, paint nights or movie nights. Again, there's no cinema in Somaliland. So yes. having those movie screenings, it, it's it's a novelty, right? Yes. Yes. Um, so these are things that are open for the community um, and to the community. Yes and again
0: it's just creating space and then letting okay. it it's... i'm gonna go on a different subject because for me i i i love the vibe because the thing that when i lived out of somalia for one year with my family i found it so difficult like you said i mean for me as a man it was easy i go to a coffee shop i can chat about the weather politics football you name it and but for the kids it was like i found them being more on the screen than they were when before yeah. they lived in the UK now the question I have is that these events you're doing they're not purely women only or men only so how have you found the to balance the delicate you know and subject of like gender mixing in a way or because at the end of the day like when you mentioned there's no cinema in Samana and that that's for me it's still a shock but there's certain things which are not anti-Islam but which somehow culturally are, are kind of a taboo in a sense so <laughs> Did you ever have any headaches with that or people trying, I mean, people with, with bigger bids than me coming to you telling you you shouldn't, you shouldn't do it?
1: Um, no, uh, we haven't had that. But at the same time, I think what happens is people are attracted to spaces yeah. that lend themselves to, the, to their values, right? So if somebody is not really into uh, mixed company, yeah. they'll only come to the women's things or... Um, or or you know they won't come right um and then like for example when we had the football screenings for the world cup yes. the demogra- demographic was mostly men yes. and it was great. it was great for us to have that exposure um to the male demographic um but you know when i'm talking about culturally for me you know i don't care about showing my age but i, I when i when i was growing up Somali people lived in mixed company and worked in mixed company and celebrated weddings in mixed company and so on. So um, it, it's more natural to me when it comes to being with my community to be um, to not have segregation. Yeah. Um, when I was in Saudi growing up, uh, it was very much like <laughs> yes, yeah. segregated. Yeah. But that's not. Then I would go home, yeah. and my my parents would have like. You know both both groups of people yep. together, so um, I, I actually associated with um, culture mm-hmm. for me, um, and uh, like I said, really you're attracting groups of people that um, share the same values or don't. yeah, um, so it's really difficult to um, hold events for just one gender. It's really, really challenging. Um, financially, it's challenging. Um, logistically, it's challenging. Like, so um, for us, it's it, it just works better. No,
0: no I like yeah. it. And, and I think it, it's needed. And that's the thing that with, with Somaliland is a lot of, like, even if it's family focus, it's easier when both groups are there, you know? rather than just having, you know, dropping off at the side and, and me running off to my coffee shop again. But hey, <laughs> but okay, Muna, as the founder of Ikra Center, what is the best part of your job? Okay, guys, just a quick moment to give a shout-out to my sponsor. So, for this podcast episode, it was sponsored by my consulting company, Nomad Consultant. We specialize in training, implementation, whether it be in SAP or in Odoo. we also provide bookkeeping services within the UAE. So, give us a shout-out if you need. And also, for any other companies out there that want to sponsor this podcast, feel free to reach out. I right, take care. Oh, there are so many. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm sure, I am sure because just you give me a slight taste of the service you provide. It must be really fun doing all those kind of Yeah. Events. So
1: So there are two aspects. Sorry, um, we have a community aspect, but okay. we also have a training. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I mean, even in Australia, I feel like it's very rare for both to be integrated the way we have done it. Yeah. So our um, education side is called EQ Training. And, again, our focus is still on what you can't find out there um, with other institutes. So, for example, with Somali, yeah. that was one of the first questions I asked when I got to Somali, and I was like, hey, where can I go and improve my Somali? And then, of course, like everybody said to me, hey, you're in Somaliland, you learn. <sighs> oh, um, and, and that didn't really work for me because, yeah, I, I know I can learn. I've already learned, but I want to get better and For me, I associate that with classrooms. So, um, um, and also just uh, what I would call maybe softer skills like public speaking, being able to communicate in front of um, large groups of people, um, professional writing. So being able to um, improve on um, those aspects. Um, We also have like an intro to business for small business owners okay. um, where that is done through a, a few different um, experts nice. in different areas. And it, again, it only, these programs mostly run somewhere between six, what, six weeks and 12 weeks. Okay. Right. Or six week, um, maybe like our language courses, for example, with English yeah. or Somali, that might be six months. Good. But these are, we, we've, we're not degree-based organization. We just want to get people to the next level of wherever they are. Nice. Um, so with EQ training, I'm one of the teachers. And to answer your question, teaching is one of my favorite things to do. I love it and it gives me um I go into a classroom and by the time I'm out of the classroom, my energy's up. Yes. Like up, up. So um uh, I feel that's an indicator, um, and I enjoy watching the progress of other people. And I'm also a lifelong learner myself, so um, the learning process itself is something that I enjoy playing around with, seeing how this works, tr- trying different approaches or techniques when I'm teaching, um, so that's one aspect. And then the other aspect is maybe sometimes just sitting back and watching how the space is allowing other professionals to share their their talents, right? Or their expertise. Um, so we have uh, group therapy that come in on a Thursday afternoon. It's run by a psychologist who, um, you know, before um, would like have maybe different spaces or um, was restricted in terms of space, but now they use ICRA center. Um, we have also coding classes for, by, run by TechCave. And again, that's another uh, web developer who's an expert who's been doing it for a long time. And now he's got space to share his talent with the next generation. So um, I mentioned Open Mic and having a talented poet like uh, Asmahan come through and not only share her performances and her Um, Poetry, but also give the space for others. So um, I think just sitting back and watching other people um, do their thing um, well and do it well um, using our space is, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's honestly, it's it's amazing because I was not even aware at all with the whole EQ training. And I love the fact that you providing in a way like some I see some snippets of a university potential, I see some snippets of a kind of a um, what do they call it um, professional development where people come in and learn how to take their business to the next level. Like you mm-hmm. said, I mean intro to business. The amount of times I've come across people in Somalia, very successful business people, but they don't have the basics of a system. Or, or like what's needed I'm like oh my gosh if only you knew how to scale up your business it'd be so much easier but hey you can't listen to me because I'm not a successful businessman in a way sure. but when when you have this safe space for come. and I love the fact that because you like you said learning Somali yes you can learn it in the streets of Somaliland but if you're in a classroom setting not only do you have the vibe but other people who are similar to your level but this networking element so I, I'm always a classroom based kind of in your face that's why covid was was a blessing for me work-wise because i could do a lot of stuff remote but people interaction wise was really difficult to kind of mm. and face okay that that's good to know on the eq side and i'm happy to hear that's the best part <coughs> but yes. for you living around different parts of the world you know um having this kind of skills of creative teaching and and writing, what what do you believe is your unique skill that has made you successful for the ICRA Center? I mean, I, I won't make a general success yeah. of my life because, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, No, I'm going to tell you both, like, um, the strengths that's seen me through all, a lot and also the weakness that's um, challenge like, made things a little bit more challenging because mm-hmm. I think it's nice to have an all-round perspective. <laughs> Very true. Okay, so um, I think what's helped a lot is being adaptable. You know, the way I lived and worked and was in Australia, my family thought, no way will she last in her cancer. And they were taking bets on how long it would take for me to get back, right? But um, I think my ability just to roll with and, and not compare too much of, like, this is good and this is bad or... This was better, and this was worse. Just being able to go, okay, this is this is what this is, and this is what this is, right? Uh, so I think the adaptabilities worked a lot, um, and not expecting, you know, yeah. um, just taking things for what they are. The thing I think that has um, been a challenge for me is letting go, not being in control of everything. That has been. Um, A challenge and a half, and it's a daily thing. (laughs) It's a daily thing. Um, So, um, you know, I I am adaptable, but I also like for things to come out a certain way. So, um, But it's important for me to um, set up a culture for my team where I'm trusting, I'm letting go, um, and I'm passing on the sense of ownership and accountability
0: nice no I mean look 100% you're a better person than me when you mentioned about adapt. you know to being adaptable because even for me living in different parts of the world I always compare oh I miss my shower Oh, I miss my you know, little little things that you like you love survival but come on, we could have had the basics sorted by now, you know? So yes, I am the kind of person who does complain for no reason when I should be grateful. But I do <laughs> I do like this other element that like you mentioned is and you know, kinda of giving up control because wallahi so my line teaches you the meaning of of deen religion because like oh it's in allah's hand like oh my gosh no but but it's simple like it's there's a project plan i said i want this by this date why can't you no inshallah inshallah so there's a lot of things that
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely like um it does it like you said it is a new perspective like especially deen wise because we're so used to controlling outcomes or at least attempting to as much as possible. Um, and also like buying into the outcome, yes. you know, yeah. like that, this is a way for it to, um, be a successful, this is what it le- needs to look like at the end. Um, and not understanding there are so many nuances, um, that could still lead to success. Um, so, you know, where I haven't been successful in letting go of control, um, I've just handed it to someone else. Yes. That's good.
0: It's, it's, and <laughs> you
1: know, I'm just like, you know end. what? You yeah. are better at letting go than I am. So, you know, you take care of that event. Like, or you take care of that.
0: Yeah. I know. Yeah. That's good. Outsourcing when, when it's needed because that makes your life easier and, and yes. it gets a job done. Okay. Speaking about and uh, business. Okay. Now. Let us be honest, Mona, I mean, you're the first community center in in the sense where, like, and again, I have this limited view because I'm mostly from a business side. When I hear community center, all I'm thinking of, NGO funding, that kind of stuff, okay? There's nothing like element of, like, self-sustaining. So what I need to understand is that art and business, they're not usually seen together, especially in Somaliland. So what are your plans for the ECRA center to stay liquid and cash positive Mm -hmm. In a potential recession scenario, so I'm I'm looking at twofold. One is what's making you tick and, and stay liquid in Somaliland, and again against a backdrop, without kind of slinging mud at the other um, businesses, but they're usually kind of NGO funded. And every time, and I and I and I give my personal experience when I try to set up a business, everyone's telling me, Mohammed, just. Get funding for? It. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want to get funding. I want to do my own. But that's the kind of you know, you know, system that everyone's used to. So, let me know for EcrA. How are you guys gonna stay liquid when you're dealing with art?
1: Um, just really fantastic questions, by the way. Oh, yeah. I know people always say, "Good question," but really great question um, and train of thought. Um, so, I. For us, like I come from a um, private sector, corporate environment. So for me, the concept of just like uh, getting funding and that being your main source, it's not something that I can really get with, if that makes sense. Um, so for, for me, it was always going to be a business. Um, and I think people are always going to pay for what's important to them, right? Right. So um, we haven't really had any issues when it comes to um, like, we've made our programs as affordable as possible, um, but also, um, you know, our our focus is profit um, outside of delivering what we say we're going to deliver, right? So um, one of the things that we had to do mid last year was reassess. Mm. Because, you know, at the beginning, you're sort of a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a decision that we made was we would let go of some of the programs that were close to heart, mm-hmm. but not profitable. Right? Mm-hmm. That's not to say we won't do them again. It's just they're not affordable now. Right. So uh, zooming out, standing back and being realistic with ourselves, Ayan and I, and just saying, okay, these are fantastic and they're great for the community and we want to do them um but right now we don't we can't afford the resources um that was one and then the other thing was also for us collaborating has actually turned into profit you know i think somali like as as a somali people we are amazing entrepreneurs we spearhead um you know, on an individual basis, we can get things done. Yes. But sometimes, like, collaboration can be challenging, mm. right? Exactly. So, um, mm. for us, working working with groups like um, HCC, Harun Tadanka, yes. um, Saham Books, yes. uh, Sahmia, Faro, yes. yeah. um, like, these yeah. groups are like minded, nice. <clears throat> they care about what we care about um and they opened doors for us when it came to business and um so that to me was important as well nice. uh so in terms of your question of how we remain liquid like um people pay for our events you know we try and keep things as low touch as possible so that it's not strenuous on us operationally and our on our staff um uh, people also, I mean, obviously, pay for all the training courses. Um, we have contracts with certain, with different organisations where we go on site mm-hmm. and teach their staff, nice. um, either communication skills or English language training, um, whatever they need, really. Um, and that is, you know, forecastable. So um, contracts like that are very, very helpful. Um, yeah, and then the the thing that we didn't expect that has been incredibly profitable is space hire and providing the space to other organisations um, and individuals. Um, yeah, and I mean that's not to say like we're racking it in, like oh. raking it in, but um, but we are like it's it's about better than before. Right? So,
0: I'm, I'll be yeah. honest, the space high. I'm not surprised because one thing you guys have done is you build up that intangible value of goodwill to be associated with the ACRA center, to have that network. People are willing to pay a premium to use that space. And it also provides kind of a, a you know more potential um, access to other audiences they wouldn't get in their normal walks of life. So as a result of it, I'm not surprised you're raking in that side to stay afloat don't get me wrong it's not like because if you had that if if i saw ikra center part two in in better then we know you're raking in yeah <laughs> no but to be honest i think every city somalian does deserve to have that creative space because one thing that i was kind of you know a bit sad was for a society that's known to be oral and poetic we kind of forgotten that in in our history and we just kind of gone straight to business or math that kind of stuff so I think that's good. Good to hear. Okay, so I've I've kept it long enough, so I won't I won't. And, and, sorry, uh, I just wanted
1: to say on yeah, that yeah. Um, because you um, you mentioned the space higher. Mm-hmm. There was something that felt important that I just wanted to tell you, but I was interrupted. And that. Um, the- sorry, I'm just trying to think. The space hire, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I've lost it. Uh, the, the, I guess the, it wasn't meant to be. But one thing, okay, I'll, I'll try and jog your memory by mentioning
0: people associating the goodwill factor of ECRA center. This is why they're willing to pay for the space hire. So maybe yeah. that's something that, I, and I, I can tell you from personal experience, in Somaliland, property are hard to get, especially properties which are geared to provide training facilities. But more importantly, uh-huh. even if you find a good office in Somaliland, you still need the people, the food kind of, and foot traffic. And ECRA provides that. Yes. So I think in a way, even for myself, if I was t- as a trainer and I couldn't afford an office in Somaliland, the first thing I would do is try to collaborate with yourself because you have a goodwill factor you have the foot traffic and at the same time i will have access to people who are used to paying for service and not having to justify you know charging so that's why i'm not surprised in regards to the space hire you have found another potential revenue plus your community center is a cool place to be delivering training center let's say as, as a vibe it's pretty cool
1: yeah um one thing you mentioned which um really made me think was um that every city deserves a community space like this um i was recently in Burra. Mm-hmm. you know often i just talk to um people from the local people from Burra, yeah. and i would tell them what we do at Efra, and they would say that's what we need yeah. or we need that um and it is true because there are expertise there is talent in the city itself yes. Where people can, like, I'm now um, in the next week, hopefully signing up for a web development thing, nice. run by um, run by uh, one of our community members. That's an expertise I don't have, but he does, yes. right? So um, it's just sharing the community and the training are actually, they go hand in hand more than you think, you know? Um, so... Uh, the idea of having another Ekra in Burao, having it in Berbera, um, having it in Bur'a, that for me is really incredibly exciting. Nice. You know, even on the other side of, because we're in Chikjigay, on the other side of Hergaysa. Yes. Um, that, yeah, really exciting to think about that.
0: No, I I, I, I can tell you, because um, I was doing one trip to Somaliland, and on that trip I sat next to me two Americans. So of course you know how it is. You you need to ask questions. Hey, what are you doing? Is either are you a spy or are you a sorry teacher? <laughs> so <Sorry, laughs> I just had to drop that in. No, but basically, <laughs> and they, they guys were retired teachers from. I think they they lived in Saudi at some point, and they were m- moving to Boro. I'm like, hold up, hold up. I'm I'm used to Had You know, at the most maybe, but better you know that kind of stuff for DP world. Yes. But no, they go to Boro because there was a new academy being. Built and they were bringing in teachers, so it made me kind of proud that you having non-Somalis who are who are buying into the dream of Somaliland, mm-hmm. and with ekra Center being able to provide a service in these cities where more and more either diaspora or non-Somalis are in those cities, they need a place just to go and chill. And like you said, in Melbourne, where you have every weekend you can try something. After a while, you get tired of enjoying all those, and I'm, I'm not going to mention any business names because I go to a lot of coffee shops. You get tired of visiting all those <laughs> coffee shops because you're going to see the same people and you're gonna the same cappuccino. So yeah, it's good yeah. at least you can no. provide that. Okay, and, okay. and
1: and on that, um, we welcome ideas all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, people come up and they say, hey, I want to host this, or what do you guys think about this event? Yeah,
0: it's, it's I, and, 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 and that's the thing is that you, you you have the space, good location-wise, and at the same time, even the place that you are based, there's a lot of diaspora who live around that area. True. So I think, yeah, I, I definitely, I would not be surprised for 2023 to see a lot more services being added on. And like you said, this collaboration allows you to take a step back and still deliver premium service to the community. So that's Absolutely.
1: The I cannot... Um, say more like I really couldn't um, give more big ups to the organizations that came before us or who are bigger than us that have shown a lot of love and also like a hand up um, and are more than willing to work with, with us on programs you know so
0: no, no, it's, it's, I think that is it's, it's really good. It's a, it's, well, I wouldn't be surprised to see schools coming into your place and Sada having, you know, reading sessions for kids or something, you know? But, <laughs> no, but because they, it's, it's, it's such a cool thing. Okay, I've kept it long enough, and I know you have your day job to do. So one question I was going to ask you is that a quick summary, and I loved when you said your whole family was making and bets on how long you survived. What <laughs> is the difference that you felt of of, you know, your experience, personal experience of the culture in Australia versus Somaliland. And do you think your your Australian experience, I know with the private sector that helped you build Ikra, has been a blessing or a curse for this and for Somaliland?
1: No, definitely every experience has been a blessing. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember when I was doing crazy, like, 12 or 14 hour days Mm -hmm. in my corporate life like giving my life to this company, being a company woman. And, you know, uh, there were stages where I just thought, oh, this, is, this is not good for me, right? Like, um, and eventually I had to leave because it's not sustainable to um, be that dedicated for that long, yeah. but um, it is allowing me to practice, and um, deliver in Hadgesa in a way that I wouldn't have been able to if I didn't have those experiences. Um, and I think it even lends itself to the adaptability um, that has uh, helped me here. Um, and I've kept a lot of my networks from uh, from Melbourne in that time, and they've in turn contributed to Ikrat. So um, yeah, I think every, like, you know, they say no experience is wasted, and that's how I feel about, um, yeah, all of those times. And there's no point, there's no point comparing Australia and Somaliland because they've just like they've grown up different, yes, Very no, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So,
0: no, no, I, honestly, good, good, good point. And I like, like you mentioned, that it allowed you. To, to adapt to Somaliland. Final question, and this is a promise the final question. What <laughs> advice would you give to anyone wanting to start their own business?
1: In Somaliland?
0: Mm-hmm. Purely Somaliland. I, I know we touched yeah. upon the challenges and you need to have a great beard and all that, but the fact is, <laughs> what if if someone came to you today and said, hey Mona, you know, male or female, I want to start a business in my land. What advice mm-hmm. would you give them?
1: Um, I guess uh, there's lots of advice mm-hmm. that you, because we've seen, Ayan and I have seen a lot in the 18 months of establishing and running EFRA. Yes. Um, one of the biggest challenges we had early on was peop- contractors not using the funds that we've given them for what they need or or what they, what they were supposed to. Um, so we were scammed a lot. (laughs) 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 lot. And and like, you know, there was a time when we did so much, like after the first scam, we were like, yeah, well now it's all about due diligence and we're going to get guarantors and we're going to go and view the work and we're going like past work. And we're going to sign a contract on the notary, Ter- and you know none of that stuck, right? So I think um, one is like we we've worked on creating a database of people that are trustable. So going and getting advice on um, before you just start constructing or before you start um, just building or any whatever you're doing um, when it comes to contractual work you should really go um, and find out from business owners who already use Uh, certain, like, if you can get their database of trusted people, use that. Um, Because even if it's, yeah, um, even if you go through the due diligence process, it doesn't, it it, it might still backfire. So that would be my first, because that was such a pain point for us early on. So I know we didn't talk about it before, but um, that's why I would give advice around that. Yeah. Um, and people talk sweet. Like, people will tell you they can do everything. And you're like, oh, this this guy, this, this is the guy. And it just doesn't work out. So that would be my first. And then I think for somebody who has an idea and they're passionate about it and they've got some uh, – level of understanding of how it could work you know there's a vision for it just do it just do it you know um they they say like if you want to get ideas and like the best ideas where do you find them do you know that no where do no, you no, no, go for it. <laughs> they say you, you're most likely to find them in cemeteries because people have that's where they've taken their idea
0: that's such a good honestly way of thinking exactly because you keep on thinking about it and you don't never action upon it
1: yeah so i think i think my biggest thing is just do it Yeah. take that first step and it doesn't have to be big just do it from home or you know um do it for your for, for your group of friends yeah, yeah. right um but just yeah
0: Honestly, take the action. That's really a great advice, and 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 for me, a perfect way to conclude this podcast session. Well, it's really been a pleasure having you today. My delight, and I'm sure we'll be chatting again, sure, you know, shortly. So, thanks a million for taking the time from your busy schedule. (laughs)
1: Thank you so much. I really enjoy talking to you, Um, and yeah, the conversation itself has been a great way for me to reflect and. Yeah, think of things that, you know, you just move on from.
0: No, yeah. no. Well, honestly, Walalo, and once again, thanks again. And inshallah, I wish you all the best. And definitely when I'm next time in Somaliland, I'll make sure I'll enjoy one of your your, your, your sessions inshallah. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you so
1: much. You so much. Take care Bye, you. You. Bye.
0: Well, that's all, folks. Thank you for listening to my podcast, which is simply the reflections of a nomad consultant living life on a day-by-day basis. I just want to conclude by saying I appreciate the love and support you guys are showing me. Until the next time, peace and love.